This is Mi'kmaq Matters, a podcast about Mi'kmaq people, politics, land and water. I'm Glenn Wheeler. Mi'kmaq Matters is made possible with listener support. Become a patron at patreon.com slash Mi'kmaq Matters. And welcome to episode 240 of Mi'kmaq Matters, the first of the new year, 2023, uh, hoping for for good things for everyone in the coming year. And we uh, we pick up where we left off uh, uh, last year, the uh, the issue of uh, land land defense and all the things that are going on on the land in on the island of Newfoundland. And this week. Our topic is mineral exploration and regulations affecting exploration or lack thereof. And I'm joined by someone you know well on Mi'kmaq Matters, Greg Jaynes, land defender, Mi'kmaq activist, and former chief of the Burgio First Nation. And Greg, speaking of um, Burgio, uh, we have just learned in the last few weeks, I guess things have been going on for some time, but down in Burgio, near the Burgio Highway, we have some of the first exploration in Newfoundland for lithium. And lithium, uh, as uh, many listeners will know, is um, important in the electric vehicle. So we need lithium for the batteries so that uh, people in big cities can keep on driving their their car by themselves rather than taking transit and we we give up our land for that uh, for that lithium so uh tell us uh, just to fill us in uh, what you've been told by people in the area and uh what you what you've been able to pick up about this uh lithium exploration down uh down in the Burjo area yes glenn thanks for having me back once again and uh, happy new year to you and your listeners um, we found out about this lithium uh, fine um, approximately in 2001. They stumbled across a, uh, uh, they were looking for gold, but it came across a lithium deposit and been exploring that area ever since. And the area that they're exploring, uh, or who is exploring it, it was the Benton and Sokum Alliance. And it lies on the Kartan pigment field. And uh, this is 14 kilometers from the Burja Highway, 10 kilometers from the substation, and 35 kilometers from Ice Free Port, which would be Burjo. So it's 35 kilometers away. So locals would know it as uh, the area between uh, White Hills and Peter Snout, uh, Mary Jane's Brook, Mitchell's Woods, uh, named after uh, Maddie Mitchell, and Galsey Brook, all named after Indigenous people. And and Greg, uh, I think that's that's area that you know well. You've been on that area with your with your dad back in the day. And um, and tell us uh, if we if we were in there right now, what what is what is that area like? Uh, I guess people are are in there hunting. It's a big hunting area, I guess, in there. 
Well, the way it would be, uh, you would travel it, um, you know, usually in the fall. It would be on, on foot, and uh, it is quite the hike to White Heels. But it, it promised some of the uh, best ptarmigan hunting grounds uh, known known around these areas. Uh, so uh, we have a lot of lot of partridge in the area. I remember walking those hills and that when I was a boy with my dad and having very successful hunts. Um, the area that I that I know that is uh, we have a lot of moose in the area, a lot of caribou, um, just a lot of abundance of wildlife in in this area. Mm. So, and that would be uh, in the fall, of course. That would be uh, a lot of the. Um... The big game hunters, I guess, will be down there. Uh, we know that down on the Burgio Highway there, uh, there's lots of action in the fall, September, October, and they would be uh, in that area looking for their for their animals. Yes, and this is adjacent to Rocky Ridge uh, Pond as well. So it's a very well-known uh, place for outfitters. There are a couple outfitting camps adjacent to this area. Um, so, and uh, some, this, this is where where people trophy hunt mm. this this where is um where the big boys are yes so it's a very popular uh hunting ground and you um you've been talking to people who've seen the equipment in there they've seen the excavators and uh, there's action in there um but uh it's surprising that uh there's no um official notification there's a lot going on in terms of exploration but there's no um notification uh obligations so people who for whom the land is very important are the last to find out what's going on and um and that's um that deals with that gets us into the issue of uh, of regulation of uh regarding mineral exploration now of course when there's a mine being developed uh, valentine lake, uh, lake gold mine for example there's uh an environmental impact statement that's provided and there's a process, but that's after, after exploration and when the mine is in development, mm -hmm. but leading up to development of the mine, all this stuff that comes under the category of, um, of exploration is, uh, is very lightly regulated. I think it's fair to say, looking at the, uh, the Newfoundland regulations and, um, mm -hmm. If we were to check out this uh, this land and the and the exploration phase, what what's going on? You have a lot of equipment in there. Uh, there's um, a drilling. I, they're uh, they're tearing up the um, the ground cover, I suppose. Yeah, that's that's right. According to their uh, documentation that they provided online, uh, they have some drilling equipment in there, and they have an excavator to uh, help to take the overburden off the. Uh, off the rocks to explore the rocks but you're right glenn um you know i didn't know about this mine until i asked someone in the local area what are all those vehicles doing parked beside the road and someone says oh i think there's a uh, there, there, there's some kind of exploration going on so as i looked into it now this is for lithium and i was able to uh, get a few pictures come uh from someone who visited the site and it is uh, just a uh, just a very crude operation right now. Got a drill rig, and uh, you can see the barrels around the oil barrels around the rig to keep the rig going, of course. So it needs all that. So and and I have another picture off the excavator, which is quite a fairly large excavator. 
um, you know, taking some of that overburden off. Mm. So uh, as of right now, we don't, uh, in the winter, we don't think there's any drilling going on right now. But uh, according to their website, it looks like it's full steam ahead in the spring. Mm. Um, and um, so we have we have that going on down in Burgio now. Of course, elsewhere on the island, over in 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 central in the Appleton area, there is uh, the newfound gold operation is uh, is uh, in full. In full gear, uh, and uh, there was uh, an item in uh, on the Salt Wire uh, uh, site recently that says that um, after the Christmas break, uh, twelve rigs started uh, running again uh, on this newfound gold development, which is very close to Appleton. It's almost in mm-hmm. the town of Appleton. I was talking to someone who says, "Yeah, I can go out on my back deck and see them over there." Um, you know, on their uh, exploring and there have been complaints about where the the real rigs are located in terms of uh, of water and including uh the water supply for the town of Appleton. So uh 12 rigs started running again another two could be added to continue in an aggressive exploration program as it's described in the saltwire uh uh report. So um there's lots of action and not much in the way of notification or or uh, or regulation. And Greg, I we've been looking at the regulations, and I'm uh, our listeners uh, can't see this, but uh, you know here we have here we have the uh, the Newfoundland regulations, uh, and in terms of the the uh, the camps and uh, you know what they have to do in terms of protecting the undergrowth, etc. We have a few pages or a few paragraphs, but very interestingly, in Labrador. The Inuit, as part of the Inuit uh, land claims agreement, uh, the government of Nunatsiavut have their own mineral regulations. And it's something to behold to compare the Newfoundland regulations generally with these Inuit, uh, with the Nunatsiavut uh, regulations. And, mm-hmm. you know, there are probably, you know, 50 or 60 pages here of uh, of regulations. And they do contain provisions such as uh, as notification. The government of Nunatsivut has to consent to the exploration. There has to be an environmental protection plan. Uh, flipping through here some of the things that I've that I've highlighted. Um, the work plan must include an agreement for the uh, company to assume all liability. So if there's um if there's an accident, uh, a spill, whatever, they're on the hook. Um, uh, Vut has uh, full access to the exploration site at all times. Um, and uh, the, uh, Vut must be notified uh, no less than 24 hours before equipment is mobilized. And it, it goes on with all these uh, very sensible hmm. uh, regulations um, about... Um, about protection of uh, of uh, uh, species at risk and uh, and so on. And uh, so I think we have a model uh, for what we do need on the island. We need something like this. right. same province, but a different part of the uh, different part of the land. 
Um, you know, I've been looking at some of the regulations and everything that, and and it does uh, protect the environment from exploration right to right through to uh, to mining. Mm-hmm. So it is, uh, but you tried to find that here on on the island. There are no such regulations, and uh, I only wonder why that would be. Mm. Well, we know that um, we know. Uh, uh, it's interesting. Uh, last uh, fall, the government of Newfoundland and Labrador had consultations on the on the. Uh, the Mining Act, and of course, the regulations yes. on exploration do come under the Mining Act. And we did ask um, the government, what is the status of these um, of these of this consultation? And what we were told is that um, a document is being prepared that to uh, that will give a summary of what they heard a what they call it a what we heard document. And that will be posted online, but there is no defined timeline regarding any changes. And of course, that's a concern because the exploration is going on now. So if we get changes to the regulations two years from now, uh, you know, we the lithium mine in uh, in Bergio might be in production by then. So you know, the 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 horse will have left the barn uh, big time. Right. Um, so, and we know that the government is uh, is very close to the mining industry, uh, and just uh, it's interesting too. Uh, just as a side note uh, on the subject of um, connections between uh, the industry and and governments uh, on the uh, in the um, land and sea program on CBC TV last item uh, last fall, we heard that. Um, the lithium find in uh, in Bergia, one of the people involved was uh, was uh, Sandy Stairs. Uh, Sandy Stairs and his brother uh, brothers were on this program. The Stairs family, of course, is quite well known in Central, a big mining family. And Sandy Stairs is on the board of the Halibu, Halibu Development Corporation, which is uh, the Halibu First Nation um uh, body that has the its commercial investments, so um, connections there also between Halibu and um, and the and the industry. But I guess this is the issue, Greg. Um, you know, we have uh, a lot lots of interconnections between the industry and the government. But in terms of the public, UI and concerned Mi'kmaq people and people concerned about the environment, uh, we are kind of shut out. We really don't know what's yes. going on. We don't know what's going on at all. We're the last people to find out, unfortunately, what's happening on our land. And uh, I have tried to address that in, in having Halibu to pick up a guardian program, a land guardian program of, of, of youth protectors. Um, you know, uh, people monitor these sites that uh, would be independent of, of anyone and would just go in and do consultations and make make sure everything's on par when they leave an exploration site that they left it the same as they found it. Mm. Uh, this is something that that uh, Halibut First Nation should should get involved in. It's great to count bats, but if there's no woods around for the bats to nest in or whatever net, what's the use of getting out there to cut to count bats? Mm. So uh, I think that we can. Uh, 
uh, refocus our uh, energy resources and that to uh, to make it uh, our Mi'kmaq interests more sustainable. Well, great, Greg. I think uh, one thing we should do to follow up on this is to check with the people in Nunatsivut to uh, see how these uh, regulations are working for them. Of course, it's one thing to have the regulations and another to have them uh, enforced and respected. So uh, perhaps mm. that's a follow-up uh, uh, for us um, to see how these things are working for them. That's it for now. So thanks, Greg. Thank Good you, to Greg. see you. And that's it for episode 240. Allison Baker is the producer of Mi'kmaq Matters. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for the latest Mi'kmaq news and views. I'm Glenn Wheeler, Emson Ogilvie.